Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you. Family, how's everyone this morning on this sunny but chilly, not chilly, it's cold day, but it's a day that God made and we are going to be grateful that we are here. I am going to read uh, Psalm 91, first two verses, but I'm going to read the Amplified Version. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will remain secure and rest in the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no enemy can withstand. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust with great confidence and on whom I rely. I've never read that version before and I like it. Father God, we come this morning relying on you. Father God, you are our protector. You are our giver. There's nothing that we ask, Father God, that if it's for us and if it's your will, you will not give it to us. You will not, you will not keep us hidden. Lord God, you are so awesome. You woke us up this morning and you didn't have to. But because you woke us up, we are grateful because you woke us up it let us know that there is something you want us to do this day but we're going to start off by praising your holy name we're not going to worry about the temperature outside because you did it but father god it's going to get hot in here and we are so grateful and we will forget all of our cares anything that's keeping us burdened down this morning We're throwing it out the window. We're giving everything to you, Father God. We just read in your word where we're under your wing. You have us. So we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, saints. Good morning and praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Come on, saints. Those who can, come on and stand up. And let us lift our hands up to him. Giving him thanks for all that he has done. He's been good. He's been better than good. He's been awesome to us. Hallelujah. Come on and open your mouth and give him some praise. Thank you so much, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this time as we come before you, lifting our voices unto you with grateful hearts. We thank you, Lord. 
Lord, you are good. You've been so good. Lord, you are good. You've been better than good. I can't praise you enough. I owe you my life. Can't praise you enough. Even if I tried, cause you've been so good. You've been so good. You've been so good.
God has been good to you, why don't you give him some kind of praise? What a wonderful Savior we serve. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. Blessed be God who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. And he has seated us right in those heavenly places in close proximity to those spiritual blessings. We give God praise because he has kept us safe through another week. He has allowed us to see the beginning of a new one. Everything we've needed, every single thing we've needed, he has provided. What a wonderful savior he is. Those who are worshiping with us here in the sanctuary this morning, God bless you and welcome into this house of worship. We're glad that you've chosen to worship with us, uh, especially those who do not consider themselves a part of the Mount Calvary family. If you're visiting with us today, we want you to know that you are welcome. Welcome also to those who are joining us online, to those who are uh, in the e-congregation today. Uh, we praise God during this pandemic we praise God for the technology that allows us to worship together virtually, and we thank God for the people behind the technology who make that possible each week. Let's welcome everybody officially in Mount Calvary fashion, shall we? Come on. We welcome So glad you came, exalt his name, let's lift him up together. 
observations at this point and then we will get on we will continue on in our worship uh, brother Devin could I have some more of me in these monitors here thank you uh, we have been all year recognizing uh, essential workers those who have been uh, carrying on uh, while this pandemic has been raging and we are going to uh, recognize the uh, the final set if you work or worked during the pandemic and you are a member of Mount Calvary and you were not in any of the previous groups your church family wants to honor you <laughs> and here's why because some of those who will never be classified as essential workers it was still essential for you to go to work And we want to honor you. You can register at www.mountcalvarychurch.life or you can call the church office at 937-268-6737 Monday through Friday uh, between, the off, between the hours of 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. Um, the deadline for registration for this, though, is this Friday without exception. All right, we need to hear from you by this Friday. Uh, you can register to be recognized as one of the essential workers. Uh, Deacon Wortham, we still collecting for the, uh, for the men's shelter? Yes, sir. Through the 26th. Uh, Deacon Wortham and Deacon Sandifer already took uh, a couple of loads over to the shelter. It's not too late to give, though. Uh, and it is not limited to the men of Mount Calvary, although the men are leading the charge. Uh, ladies, if you want to get toiletry items, deodorant, toothpaste, um, all the toiletry items, you can uh, get them and bring them uh, and place them in the buckets that are there by the door. I know that there are also some people who have just uh, given some money uh, to Deacon Wortham and, uh, and he's gone out and purchased some things on your behalf. Uh, but we want to make sure that we bless uh, the Gateway Men's Shelter in a big way. This afternoon at 2 o'clock, this afternoon at 2 o'clock, uh, the Mount Calvary family will be worshiping with the Resurrection Baptist Church family. That's our own Pastor Norman C. Bradfield and that church family. Uh, his, uh, the church is honoring him and Lady Bradfield uh, with their Pastor Appreci Appreciation Day. Uh, Mount Calvary, if you can, please come on over to 1444. Darst Avenue that's on the east side 1444 Darst Avenue and let's uh, celebrate with pra Pastor Bradfield and um, and the Resurrection Church family we do have a card of thanks uh, 
with special thanks to all of you. To know you is to know people who are kind, considerate, and thoughtful. To know you is to be grateful for the special things you do, for everything you've done, for being the special people that you are. Thank you so very much. Uh, this comes from Miss Betty Norwood and her daughters Tracy and Mrs. Angela Gibbons uh, for thanks during our care and concern during the passing of Brother Norwood. Uh, I also have a note of thanks from Miss Hanifa. Um, that's Ofe Jackson's oldest daughter. Uh, her husband passed recently, uh, Shahid, and uh, and she just wrote to thank the Mount Calvary family for our support. Kristen Pascal, are you here today? Kristen, yes, ma'am. Miss Kristen is one of our new members and I have a certificate for her church membership certificate presented to Kristen Paschal in recognition of her successful completion of the prescribed requirements for full membership in the Mount Calvary Missionary Baptist Church that entitles her to all rights benefits and privileges of this fellowship uh, signed Samuel N. Winston, Pastor Kim Williams, Orientation, Myron C. Sandiford, Deacon. God bless you, Ms. Welcome officially. Welcome. Yes, ma'am. Mount Calvary, I did get um, a letter from Ms. Valerie Drain a couple of weeks ago, and, uh, and she said that the Lord is, uh, is moving her on to a new season, um, and, uh, and that she will be resigning at the end of this month uh, as our Director of Music and Worship Arts. And certainly we thank God for Ms. Valerie, and... Uh, and for the way she has led the music and worship arts ministries and we will pray for her and for her family as, uh, as to everything there is a season and, uh, and, it's, and it's good to leave out the front door Amen I would also that you would pray uh, for the music and worship arts ministries while they are in transition um, the personnel team will begin the search for, uh, for a new director, and I would that you would pray uh, along with me and along with them as God brings who he wants for this next season, all right? God bless you. I think that's all I have. Luke chapter 1 is where we are going. The music ministry will lead us further in worship, and then we will get into our study of the word for today. Luke chapter 1. I apologize. Um, would you keep Sister Cassie Shepherd in your prayers? Um, her husband, Robert Shepherd, passed uh, this past week, 
and uh, his funeral is going to be on Friday at noon here at the church. Uh, but please keep Miss Cassie Shepherd and her family in your prayers, would you? Thank you. It, it is not here. It's at Prior Funeral Home. I just don't know where that is. Do you? On Shiloh Springs in Trotwood. Okay, got it. Got you. Okay. 12 o'clock Friday at Pryor on, uh, off of Shiloh Springs. I believe that's Colbert Drive it's called.
Are you grateful that God has hands big enough to handle whatever is trying to handle you? <laughs> Amen. You may be seated, actually. You may be seated. There is a story told in Luke chapter 1. I want to go back to today. I have preached this story before. But as we look toward the holiday season, the Christmas season, what, uh, what educated uh, theologians call Advent, looking forward to the coming of the Lord. We want to go back through Luke chapter 1, and I'm not going to read a particular verse. You can read the whole thing, but if you will, if you have your Bible, just keep it open, follow along with me. I want to preach the story. You can follow along. I want to preach from this subject the purpose of the promise. The purpose of the promise. Luke, if you've been in Sunday school before, you know he is a beloved physician, the only non Jewish writer in the New Testament. And he pins this gospel to Theophilus, probably an official of the Roman Empire. And while there are, by the time Luke is writing, there are already several accounts of what has happened in the life of Jesus. But Luke, as one who has investigated with eyewitnesses, he wants to write his own detailed account of the life and ministry of Jesus. He wants Theophilus to be sure of what he's been taught. Luke opens his gospel a little different than the other gospel writers. Uh, Matthew, you know, uh, in Matthew chapter 1, he begins with the genealogy of Jesus, tracing Jesus' line all the way back to Abraham, making his way through 40, 42 generations until he lands at Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Mark doesn't include a birth story at all. He just starts at John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness and Jesus appearing to be baptized. And then you know the way John starts his gospel. It's probably my favorite. He goes all the way back to creation to pick up Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. You know it. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he goes on down to verse 14. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. But Dr. Luke opens with a unique story about a couple. An old man, an old woman of God. A priest and his wife who lived in the days of King Herod of Judea. Both he and his wife were of the priestly line, 
priestly line. He was from the line of Abijah, and she was from the line of Aaron. They were righteous in God's sight. They lived upright lives. They observed his commands. They were obedient to his law, and their names were Zacharias and Elizabeth. Zacharias was a Levite. As part of this family of priests, he had some responsibility to serve in the temple. By this time in the history of God's people, there were about 20,000 descendants of Levi, male descendants that is, 20,000 male descendants, 20,000 priests, all waiting on a turn to serve, all involved in priestly duties. Each family within the tribe of Levi would have a week of service in the temple, and then they would cast lots within the family to see who would be responsible for what duty in temple worship. We also meet Elizabeth, the wife of this righteous priest, and we are told that the two of them have two problems. And really, that's our first stopping point. Number one, they have a problem. Now, I know what you're thinking. Pastor, back in verse 6, the Bible said they were righteous before God. And walking in all the commandments and ordinance, doing everything they were supposed to do. They were blameless. That's right. They were still blameless and still had problems. Let me just take a minute and share with us that righteousness before God will not exempt us from going through. Being holy and upright, observing his commands, being blameless, being saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and that with a mighty burning fire does not exclude us from trials. Being a priest, bring a, being a priest's wife, being from the right family, serving in the temple, none of this gets any of us a ride through life without problems. You can be holy and still have heartache. You can be obedient and still get overlooked. You can be diligent and still disappointed. Faithful and still frustrated. Upright and unproductive. I know you don't want to hear it. Righteous and feeling ripped off. Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Prophet Isaiah warned us, when you go through the water, when you go through the fire, Jesus said it, in this world you shall have tribulation. We are not immune to problems. And they've got two of them. First one is that Elizabeth is barren. They had no children, and according to Luke, they couldn't have any children because of the barrenness of Elizabeth's womb. Listen, we don't know how long they've been married, but in that culture, it was typical for mates to be chosen while they were children and then they would be engaged while they were yet children because their parents had chosen their mate for them because they did not believe that young people had enough wisdom to choose their own spouses. But that's another sermon for another 
day. And then about a year before the actual ceremony and consummation of the marriage, they would become a spouse. That was the next step when they were ready for marriage, when they were about 15 or 16 years old. This is the stage that Mary and Joseph were in, by the way. And now Zacharias and Elizabeth, they're old, so we can conclude that they have been together for an awful long time. And in all this time, they have no children. No one to continue the priestly line. No sons to carry on the family legacy. As a matter of fact, to have, to have been barren in those days was seen as a curse. And Elizabeth had to wear that curse. She had to bear the shame to live with the humiliation of not being able to have any children in a society in which her primary value would have been as a bearer and mother of children. But I told you they had two problems. The first was that Elizabeth was barren, but now on top of that, they're old. The Bible says they weren't just old. <laughs> They were stricken with age because there is apparently a difference between just being old and being stricken with oldness. <laughs> I mean, you get stricken with plague. You get stricken with sickness and disease, but Zachari Zacharias and Elizabeth are described as being stricken with old age. In other words, they are old and tired old and bent over old and slow they have started to feel their age in parts they probably didn't know they had when they were young they are old and there is no human possibility of them having a child certainly if anything was going to have been done it would have been done by now about this. Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt like have you ever felt like your original problem is compacted by the fact that now you seem to be out of time? Like God, I could have believed you. I could have believed that you were going to answer me if you had answered when I first started asking. I could have believed that you were going to answer if you had answered when I was young, if you had answered when he was still around. But now it's too late. I guess I'll just have to live with this. Lord, I'm afraid you've run out of time. Don't answer out loud. But have you ever felt like God missed his window of opportunity in your life? But there is something in this text worthy of noting about the priest Zacharias and here it is even in the face of his problem confronted by the disappointment of his situation he keeps on pressing and that's the second point 
Not only do we see the problem, but number two, we see the pressing. Let me show you what I mean. So it has come to Zacharias' family's time to serve in the temple. And they cast lots, they voted, and the lot fell on him to serve at the altar of incense morning and evening that week. From the animal sacrifice without, coals would be taken to the altar in the holy place. Not the holy of holies. That was only for the high priest to go once a year, right? But in the inner court. And three priests would enter. One would take the coals and one would take the incense and one would minister at the altar now after the coals and the incense were in place two of the priests would leave and Zacharias would be left alone to minister at the altar of incense he takes the incense over the burning coals and swings it and the smoke would rise as a symbol of the prayers of the people going up as a sweet fragrance before God and while he's in there, the people are outside praying. Please don't miss this. Zacharias, who is dealing with his own struggles, Zacharias, faced with his own unanswered prayers, is now in the temple taking the prayers of all the people before God. You're missing this, I think. He is broken. He is disappointed. He is hopeless, but he keeps on serving. He keeps pressing into what he has to do. He doesn't get to sit down on his job just because he has his own problems. May I tell you this? Sometimes the Lord does not release you from your service. Sometimes the Lord does not release you from your ministry just because you're in pain. God. I know. We tell people you cannot minister while you're hurting. That's what we tell them. But sometimes you've got to keep on pressing if you want to see your own breakthrough. <laughs> Here is Zacharias, childless, hopeless, but he's faithful. His prayers unanswered, but he's lifting the prayers of all the people before God. If he had not been in his place of service, he would have missed out on something that was coming that day. What are you trying to say, Pastor? Well, let me borrow Paul's words. Let us not be weary in well-doing. Because in due season, we shall reap if we don't faint. You know one of my favorite scriptures, Isaiah chapter 40, haven't you known? Have you not heard that the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, the Lord, he doesn't faint. He doesn't get weary. There's no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint, to them that have no might. He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Here it is. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. Walk and not faint. I felt pressed to go back to Luke chapter 1 this morning and tell you to keep on pressing. I know you have problems, 
but keep on pressing. I know it seems like you have to take everybody else's stuff, but keep on serving. Keep on ministering. Stay in the place God has assigned you and watch him show up. I came today to tell you that God has not forgotten you. Well, verse 11, I hope you're still following along. Verse 11 says, there appeared to him while he was serving, while he was pressing, in spite of his own problems, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him while he was serving broken while he was ministering hurt while he was obeying his assignment an angel of the Lord appeared on the right side of the altar and began to speak to him now get this don't miss this the last time there has been any word from the Lord was 400 years earlier that time between the Old Testament and the New for four centuries there was nothing there was no word from God concerning anything there was silence for something like 28 generations there is no word from heaven but now to this faithful man of God an angel of the Lord appears and he doesn't appear empty handed he appears with a promise and that's our third point today here is the promise fear not your prayer is heard That's really enough right there. I know you can't get close to anybody, but you can look at somebody and mouth to them through your mask. Fear not. Your prayer is heard. I don't know what you've been praying for. I don't know how long you've been praying for it, but fear not. Your prayer is heard. The angel says to him, your wife is going to give you a son and you're going to call him John meaning Jehovah is gracious he's going to bring you joy he's going to be great he's going to be filled with the Holy Ghost and because of him many will turn back to God he's going to move and operate in the spirit and authority of Elijah he's going to prepare the way for the Lord and Zacharias who had apparently prayed for a son but who now is old and stricken with age remember and presumably tired and now that he has taken the prayers of all the rest of the people before the Lord now he gets a promise from the Lord who has been silent for 400 years 
And so he says to the angel who appeared out of nowhere in the holy place, how do I know for sure that this is going to happen? Now listen, y'all, don't be too hard on Zacharias. In my humble opinion, this is a legitimate question. After all he's been through, and not in his lifetime or many of the generations before has the Lord spoken. And so he just really wants to know, how can I trust this? How can I know that this is from God? Maybe this is something bad I ate last night. How do I know that this is really God and that God will keep his promise? He ain't said nothing in 400 years. And the angel says, I tell you what, in Winston translation, because the promise points somewhere. It's really, Zacharias, not about you. It's not even about vindicating your wife. But I tell you what, God can show you better than I can tell you. Since you're going to let your unbelief speak, then you just be quiet. Because you're not about to stop what God said will be. Let me connect this dot. Many of us need to take a lesson from that today. There are many who have been praying for one thing, but because it's taking too long or because it looks like it's too late, we start to let our unbelief speak. But maybe instead of letting our unbelief speak, we just need to keep our mouths closed if we can't speak out of our faith. Or maybe it's somebody around you, I don't know. Maybe it's somebody around, some, somebody in your circle. You're waiting on God's promise, ready for God's blessing, but every time they open their mouth, unbelief is speaking. Just shut your mouth. If you can't agree with God, maybe you should just keep your mouth shut. Here's what I love about it. Here's God's grace. Zacharias' unbelief did not keep God from doing what he promised. That's a shout right there. <laughs> he shut Zacharias up so he wouldn't get in the way, and that was grace. Because God says in Winston translation, I'm going to do it whether you believe it or not. But since you can't speak out of belief, you just be quiet until I show you. I'm going to close so we can go on and get to resurrection. There are some other events that take place. I'll cut on across the field. But let me tell you, the Bible says that Zacharias finished his service in the temple. He went home. He did his service in the temple. He went home, and then he performed his service there. He was old. He was stricken with age. But he had a service to perform. He had to do his part. Y'all hear me? He partnered with God. 
and nine months later Elizabeth gave birth to a son and his neighbors and her cousins her neighbors and cousins came because they had heard how gracious God had been to her and how he took her from shame to great joy and they came and they rejoiced with her and when the boy was eight days old they called him Zacharias after his father wait a minute God bless you friends and neighbors I'm glad to have you all around thank you for coming thank you for rejoicing with me but I gotta tell you you can't name what the Lord gave me and I don't I'm trying to get through this I don't know who I'm talking to today but there are some people in your circle some well-meaning people who overstep into the Lord's lane trying to name what the Lord gave to you Nope, I'm not ready to go there yet. Gabriel had already told Zacharias, God's going to give you a son and his name is John. The name of the gift was not up for debate. God is the one who got him here. And God had the right to call him what he wanted. You see, the people wanted to name him after something that would connect him to his past. But the Lord had given him a name that would connect him to his purpose. Zacharias, that was his daddy's name that connected him to his past. But John, meaning Jehovah is gracious, would connect him to his purpose. And so they went to Zacharias, who still couldn't talk, and started making signs at him. Did you know your wife doesn't want to name him after you? She wants to name him John. What do you say? And Zacharias started motioning for somebody to get him something to write with and get him something to write on. And he wrote on that paper. He wrote on that parchment. His name is John. Jehovah is gracious. And the Bible says immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was loosed and he could talk and the Bible says he began to praise God because the world was about to experience the grace of God like never before it was John's job more than that it was his calling it was his assignment it was his purpose to tell the world about the Messiah it was the purpose of the promise to point to Jesus and the Bible says the child grew and became strong in the spirit and he lived in the wilderness until he made a public appearance to Israel and he cried out as a voice in the wilderness saying prepare the way of the Lord and he preached repent and be baptized for the remission of sins and he baptized in the Jordan River and people came from all Judea and from all Jerusalem 
and they confessed their sins and they were baptized he wore camel hair and ate locusts and wild honey and he preached somebody's coming who's greater than I am I'm not the one but somebody's coming whose shoes I'm not even worthy to tie up I can baptize you with water but somebody's coming and he's gonna baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire and he kept on preaching and kept on baptizing until one day he looked out over the horizon and he saw a man walking towards him to be baptized and something in his spirit recognized this man and he opened his mouth and proclaimed behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the whole world that's the secret that's the purpose John the Baptist John the preacher John the baptizer John who was promised to Zacharias pointed to Jesus that's how we know that God is gonna keep his word that's how we know that God is gonna keep his promise because all of his promises point to Jesus y'all think I'm making it up the Bible says all the promises of God find their yes and their amen in Jesus Jesus the word made flesh Jesus God with us Jesus who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men in other words he was a hundred percent God and a hundred percent man humanity and divinity come together in him he was born of a woman that's humanity but he was born of a virgin that's divinity he was born in a feeding trough that's humanity but the angels announced his birth that's divinity he was went into Jerusalem with his parents that's humanity but at 12 he taught the teachers that's divinity at Cana he went to a wedding that's humanity but when the wine ran out he made new wine that's divinity he went to sleep on a boat that's humanity but when the storm came he said peace be still that's divinity he found out Lazarus died and he cried that's humanity but he went to Lazarus grave and said get up boy that's divinity he lived in a sinful world that's humanity but he lived a sinless life that's divinity he died on a hill called Calvary that's humanity but in three days he got up with all power in his hand 
that's divinity your salvation points to Jesus your children's salvation points to Jesus your healing points to Jesus your deliverance points to Jesus your family being restored points to Jesus He's all right. Hallelujah. 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 Ah, I know he's all right. He'll do what he said. He'll do what he said. He'll do what he said for his own name's sake. My promise points to Jesus. So y'all excuse me if I do what Zacharias did. The first thing Zacharias did when he opened his mouth, he gave God to pray. Somebody shout glory. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't. Every promise of God finds its yes and amen in Jesus the Christ. That's why I can be confident in what I ask because I know the yes is in Jesus. not as fickle as being in my performance. Huh? Many of us are like our children and when we have done well we have no problem asking. But when we feel like we have failed our parent that we don't want to ask, we're afraid to ask. But the Bible says let us come boldly before the throne of grace. 
because it is not based on me it's based on Jesus the Christ I expect I expect I expect my children saved because of what Jesus has done I expect my family delivered and healed because of what Jesus has done I expect I expect sufficiency I expect I expect that God will provide because of what Jesus has done I expect everything is going to work out alright because of what Jesus has done so y'all excuse me don't mind me at all but I'm not going to wait till the battle is over for some Zacharias's who are in here this morning who have had to who have had to minister to others while you're hurting who had to take other people's prayers before the Lord while yours seem to go unanswered struggled, I struggled with going back to preach this sermon. I finally gave way to the Holy Spirit because I've been sent on assignment this morning. I've been sent on assignment this morning because you have been serving wounded. Because you've been serving others while struggling in private. And if you'll allow me to speak as the angel of the Lord did to Zacharias, fear not, your prayer is heard. And it is not too late and you are not too old and you're not too stricken and God doesn't need anything to work with but his own word. <laughs> Your church family is going to pray for you now. If you're sitting with somebody who's from your own household, you can grab their hand. If not, we'll just pray. God knows. Father, I come before you right now. 
because you have brought us together today for such a time as this with a word from you that it's not too late that you haven't forgotten us but you have heard our prayers you have seen our service as we've had to serve through tears with our own struggles serving wounded but continuing to serve serving hurt but still serving Father bless your people's faithfulness but more than that Lord I thank you for looking through the lens of Jesus Christ because all the promises of God find their yes and amen in Jesus the Christ I thank you Lord because we can depend on you we can count on you and we're asking father that you would help us to hold out until we see what we know help us to hold out until our change comes help us not to be weary in well-doing help us not to faint help us not to give up help us to keep on waiting so we can mount up with wings like eagle so our strength can be renewed so we can run and not be weary so we can walk and not faint we lean on you lord you're our help you're everything we need you're our only hope lord you are our only hope forgive us for any disbelief and renew that hope within us in jesus name i believe we can run on a little while longer i think we can go on a little further until we see the purpose of the promise in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
this is the time that is set. <laughs> this is the time that is set aside for those that do not know this God. It isn't hard. And as Pastor said earlier, just because we have come to him, we feel like we're free, we're still going to go through trouble. The Bible does tell us we'll go through tribulations. God help us. <laughs> For those that do not know this God, all you have to do is confess with your mouth, believe that Jesus died. Three days he got up and went to heaven to act as an adversary for us. If there's anyone here today that does not know Christ, that has not confessed, that is not saved, now is the time. You can do it anytime, but this is the time that we set aside in service. You can do it at home. For those that are online, if that fits you, if you are in that category, type in the chat, Call the church, call a member, and let them know that you want to be a part of God's family, and we are a family. If there's anyone here in the sanctuary, raise your hand, and someone will come to you. second call is if you are a member of another church but you want to be a part of Mount Calvary where we are taught we are fed that isn't saying that no other church does but our pastor believes in preaching and teaching the word of God so if there's anyone here or online that wants to be a part of Mount Calvary, let us know. And we will welcome you with open arms, teach you, feed you, and accept what you have for us. So we're going to assume that everyone here is where they are supposed to be. Let the church say amen. Reminder that pastor's going to be at resurrection at 2 o'clock today for those that can attend. If you can't, just be in prayer. Start your praying at 2 o'clock and pray until he's finished. The ushers, ministers, I'm sorry, the deacons will be at the back. If you want to give your offering in an envelope here today, we also have Givelify.
we have text. And Sister Linda, I'm sorry, I forgot the text number. You gave it to me. Oh, okay, it's on the screen now. Thank you. Thank you. There's also Cash App. We have so many ways to give. For those online, if you would like to bring your offering up, the deacons will be outside for about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour to accept your offering. Is there anything else I'm forgetting, Linda? We will do the benediction, and then after the benediction, the ushers will dismiss you, so please stay seated. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Just remember that any problems that you have this week, don't try to handle them. Whether it's your job, whether it's your family, a neighbor, give it to God. And what's so amazing, and it upsets us sometimes, he may not answer it right away, but when he does answer it, that was the time. Please go and have a blessed week. You may be seated.